Happy Thursday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hitchcock Minute, a show where every week groups of Movies by Minutes hosts get together and talk about probably the greatest uh, adventure film that Alfred Hitchcock ever made, and he made a lot of great adventure films. The 1959 uh, Alfred Hitchcock-directed feature, North by Northwest. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TV Dads, uh, the Rocketeer Minute and the Apollo 13 Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute and uh, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And Jim, we're back uh, for, very luckily, uh, back with another day with Michael uh, Weatherspoon, the current owner of the uh, the N3N, the, the, the centerpiece of the most iconic uh, scene in just about any Hitchcock movie ever. Uh, if this were Psycho, uh, we'd be talking to the to the uh, the guy who owned the shower curtain, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but luckily it's not, and we're talking uh, talking to Michael. So Michael, welcome back. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I, I haven't this as we were saying before. This is the probably the most iconic scene of the film where uh, uh, dear old Roger Thornhill is running at a truck that has a camera built on top of it and a, and a plane is flying over at your, your plane. Uh, just wondering, what do you think uh, his airspeed was as he passed over uh, Cary Grant there? Probably about 90 miles an hour. Just around that. The, pl- the plane is happy at 100 miles an hour and it goes uphill and downhill about the same speed. It's, uh, it, it, to get it up to 110 is a lot of work. You you can push it straight down. It doesn't go very fast. It's a pretty big, draggy plane. Those big wings slow it down. And we did talk a little bit yesterday about uh, how the airplane has the 450-horse engine. And had that engine swap taken place uh, when the film was made? So are we watching it fly with the 450, or is it still with the smaller (laughs) right? No, it actually has the 450. Everything that's on that plane is still on it today that was in that movie. The BT-13 wheels... Uh, it's very obvious to me when I look at it, and the uh, double sets of javelins that are in the in the wires on the uh, flying wires. Uh, that the plane is almost identical today as it was, but there's a reason for that. Uh, the brief history on the plane: the plane was in the in the Navy for 25 months, and then there was nothing remarkable about it. Uh, it's uh, the paperwork, and I have it. Um, a petty officer back in uh, 19. Sorry, 1998 or whatever, I did a write-up and said it was just stricken from the record, which probably meant it was just deemed obsolete in 1945. Sold to a guy called Ray Aker, who sold to a guy called Geraldo Luma in 1946. George Owen bought it in 1946, a couple of months later. And then William Young bought it from George Owen in 1947. Um, and that, that, in 1947, he then also converted it and put the R985 on it. First, no, so first of all, he put a 300-horse, seven-cylinder Continental engine on us. And uh, a couple of years later, uh, he wasn't as happy with that engine, obviously. It wasn't pulling the way he'd like it to, so he put the 454 on it on a Beach 18 mount. Um, that same configuration is on it today. But uh, the plane moved on. Uh, sorry, stayed. Bill Young owned it with Bill Cox flying it from 1947 through 1981. The plane had the plane has 6,500 hours on it, and there's only been about 400 hours put on it uh, since 1981. Just imagine that. So that was all that crop dusting in Ditchfield, California. So it got sold 1981 to uh, Larry Classens. And then Cecil Hurst in 1987. And then Colleen Van Arkel bought it in 1990. And it got pulled apart and taken out to Hawaii. 
where it was restored back to its original configuration. They, they uh, took all the uh, uh, hopping, hopper duster, oh, uh, the bins on it for the uh, chemical. They had to redo some work to the fuselage and framework inside it. Um, they turned it back into the, the, the as a, they turned it into a sightseeing machine. But it looks identical to what it would have looked like um, in the Navy when it was uh, uh, as a trainer in, Pen in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, but they did a remarkable job of doing it. The thing is, is beautiful. Uh, it got sold to uh, Bill in uh, 2001. Um, and then Bill uh, imparted it to me in 2012. So the uh, the plane when I got it had been restored around 1990-1991. The engine was zero timed in 1991. The fuselage was stripped, redone, refabric. Um, but the problem was when I got it here in Canada, I had to take it through a minister's delegate, which meant everything had to be inspected and it had to be have traceability, and that became a challenge because the plane when it was restored in Hawaii the U.S. Um, U.S. procedure is a little bit different than what they are up here. So I spent nearly a year um, redoing the structural bolts in it, uh, putting them in the right way around, uh, using bolts that I had traceability for, uh, then getting a DAR, a minister's delegate, spent a couple of days here at the hangar. Uh, we had two picnic tables covered with paperwork, and he wrote down things like museum quality. He loved it, just loved the plant, beautiful. Yeah, it was a real treat to, do, to actually go through all that with him. Um, and he certified it. Literally, the, before he left the hangar after two days, he gave me a certificate of airworthiness for the plane. And, uh, that's, uh, that's great. And now, that was in really the, fabulous. Here in the U.S., it would likely be, uh, as, as a warbird, generally speaking, it could be certified as experimental exhibition with some limitations. What? Yes. How is it certified there? Well, how is it licensed well, there? Here, here's what I want. Uh, you see, we could have done something like that here. I wanted it certified. Uh, in its in its normal category, and so this plane here has have been certified with a utility category as a crop duster. So you can put an extra twelve hundred pounds in the front seat. Okay, that's why the big four fifty four was on the front. Um, I still have that category for the plane. If I was going to fly it uh, right way up and uh, not do any goofy movements with it, I could legally go out and put twelve hundred pounds in the front seat. Um, you know, which would be like carrying a 2,200-pound payload in the plane. Yeah. So uh, so I went through the hoops that I wanted it to be a, a fully certified aircraft. And there aren't very many of them around that are actually certified. Most of them are flying on experimental or home, graph, ho, um, home uh, projects. But it's been, I don't know, I've got the, I was got so fortunate because the previous owners forwarded to me banker boxes full of documents for the plane. Everything that had ever been done to this plane in ditch field I have. Yeah, so uh, even all the FAA documents and how stuff was done, and it was just tremendous. It, uh, yeah, and fortunately, I, I was thinking, gosh, if this, if this was sold in 1981, that would have been the peak buying time for um, companies like um, uh, Planet Hollywood and stuff who were picking up uh, movie memorabilia for a song. It could easily have wound up hanging from uh, over over a bar or a restaurant somewhere. Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be criminal. 
I mean, yeah. I, I, have, I have a number of people that are challenged by the fact that I fly it. They go, why do you do that? You know, this is such a risk. I said, it's so much fun. And, and I think people get a real kick out of seeing an actual piece of military aircraft of that heritage flying around. Um, you've got big box stores all over the States down there. One of the greatest things I do is I go out flying and I'll fly big circles around a Home Depot parking lot because it's fun to look down at the people who are turning in circles and pirouetting on the spot <laughs> watching me. They don't realize what it looks like from the air because you see these signing faces following around. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got people flocking to Home Depot because there must be some kind of a special sale. They, you know, they, they hired some crazy stunt pilot to fly, fly circles around it. Well, it's beautiful up here because we're up in Muskoka where it's all lakes and the rivers and stuff like that. So it's beautiful getting down below the tree line flying up the lakes. Uh, especially when there's a little bit of fog, it makes sure everybody's wide awake on a Sunday morning. Now, what kind of uh, instrumentation do you have on your on your panel? Huh. There's not. I don't think there's anything there on the panel. I look at. I, I glance at. <laughs> I, I, glance, I glance at airspeed once in a while. Uh, you basically fly the engine by the way it sounds. Um, and I'm being pretty truthful because there's no uh, rate of climb in it. Um, there's no venturis on it. They're gone, so there's no vacuum instruments on the dash. Uh, airspeed and, and, and altitude is pretty much all you're really reacting to. Manifold pressure and, and uh, RPM are interesting. Uh, fuel pressure on R985 gravity feed just bothers you. It sits at about one and a half pounds, so you don't like to look at it. And, uh, <laughs> just, it, and the plane is kind of goofy because with that big 450 on the front, it's got a 45-gallon fuel tank on it. So there's a restriction on it that you don't take off after you've flown for one hour because the pickup is out of the front of the tank. So you'll uncover the pickup when you take off and climb out, and that would be upset your day. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you'd, have, you'd have gas on board but still still start the engine, right? Exactly. So. But like I said, when we, when we started up here, it's not unusual to come back and there'd be cars parked up and down the street out here to come in and look at it afterwards. It's oh, great. That's very, very it just sounds cool. like a lot of fun. It's just, um, it, it, is is yeah. It, it's never. It, it, it. Do you ever not grin when you walk into the hangar? I, no, I can't exactly. Imagine. Well, that's the other thing. I was gonna. I don't know how to explain it to you. I'll be sitting here at the hangar. People know I'm here. It's a truck sitting outside, and people will show up and they'll knock on the door and they'll say, "Hey, Michael," and they're bringing in their friends and describing my plane to them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And because uh, they, 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 they bring their, they bring in, they, especially people that bring in their their, their grandparents and stuff, um, who have some affiliation for the the age of the plane, and uh, to have a look at it. Is there? You know, we always say in the the vintage airplane and the and the warbird worlds that yep. you know that when we fly these airplanes, if we own them or operate them, you know, we're really just we're stewards, we're caretakers, yeah, exactly. and caretakers. I think, and you know, at some point, you almost uh, you almost you almost must feel that responsibility. It's just like somebody wants to see this airplane. Uh, you know, you're you're going to make it available to them. You're going to because absolutely right because the you you know the airplane deserves that much. The airplane deserves that exposure for its its history and and yep. contributions. Uh, you know, during the war and and of course this wonderful pop culture detour that the airplane took uh, back in the fifties. Exactly. And like, and like how you said that you, 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 you fly up here, there are people that will call me and say they're coming to Muskoka. Could I show them the plane? 
because they've again seen it register, they've seen it, uh, they know about me from Oshkosh. They've come all the way here to see the thing. And of course, how do you not take them flying? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, goodness. I keep thinking to myself, one day I'm going to have to sell it because I, I want to make sure that the next person that gets it gets the opportunity to be shown how to fly it um, as opposed to just getting Bill, Bill himself couldn't fly the plane. Uh, the fellow I bought it from, he had had other people flying it for a couple of years, but he only flew the plane. Uh, well, when I got the, the plane, the engine had been overhauled zero time to 1991. When I got the plane here in 2012, it only had 106 hours on it. Wow. So it had not been used very much since it had been restored. No, absolutely not. Have you been asked to make any movie-related appearances? I know TCM does a lot of things where they try to get uh, people that have different uh, artifacts from from different movies and things. I have not. You know what? I've not. I've not been approached that way yet. There was a they did a they did a, a North by Northwest uh, stage thing in Toronto a few years ago, and I was busy out of the country doing other stuff. I couldn't. I couldn't even get to Oshkosh that year, so unfortunately, I couldn't get around it. Uh, now, now I have to see North by Northwest live on stage. I can't, right. I can't well, Cirque du Soleil in, uh, in 2015, they had an opening scene where they, they flew the and straight out into the audience. It was all camera work or whatever. Oh, wow. But it was wow. quite, quite unique. That that clip is somewhere on the internet. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'll have to, have to track that down. Um <laughs> So have have you have you done besides we yesterday we talked about the wing over maneuver have you have you tried uh, crop dusting maneuvers with us I realize it doesn't have a crop duster anymore but <laughs> the, the, uh, the most I do with it because I don't I don't turn it upside down I'm not I'm not an acrobatic pilot um, but I will stand it up on its side it flies on its side quite nicely um, the big big broad side of the plane is much broader than the steerman much taller plane on its side and it rolls up on its side and they just kick some blue sky rudder into it. And it'll fly along on its side quite nicely. So uh, on a knife edge, it'll fly along for the longest time. Wow! You can do like Immelmans and stuff, and yep. Oh wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, big, 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 crazy, lazy eights are the best thing to do with it. Oh sure. And, uh, and, and a strifing turn is really impressive because it doesn't gain speed. It's not like the Navy on that; it'll go by like a rocket if you if you knock the nose down. But the 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 N three N. You know, it's, it sits right there around 105, 110. It's just pretty draggy. <laughs> how, how far, how far cross country have you gone with it? Where, where do you tour with it? At? I, you know what? I, basically, within a hundred miles of this airport here. Partly because I got to get home. Yeah. And <laughs> and when you're open cockpit and you get someplace, weather can move in behind you. If you know this area up here at all, there's uh, we sit at the top edge of the Great Lakes there. And I can leave here in a, in a beautiful sunny morning and come back in the afternoon and it'll be raining. So, wow, and, it, yeah. and, and it's no fun to fly in the rain. Water goes right down your back. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, voice of experience. I've gotten wet a few times. Such a, such a beautiful ship, though. Do, do you know, by any chance, I, I was trying to find out, but I, I didn't see it. Uh, do you know if it had appeared in any other films? Was it ever rented out for any no, other? Uh... No, it didn't. It really, it really, I mean, I think... I've got a whole pile of pictures of, from uh, air shows down in California back in the 50s and 60s um, where there was a bunch of N3Ns down there at that time. And, uh, and it's one of 15 or 16 that are in a lineup. And really cute to see them all painted. 
and you can recognize, you know, mine. Oh yeah. But uh, but that stuff was from years ago. No, it was pretty much stuck again within a hundred miles of Ditchfield, California, for its life. Wow, just a, just a working Joe out there in the fields. Right. Well, yeah. six, sixty five hundred hours, a fair fair chunk of yeah. uh, crop dusting. Oh yeah. And yeah. just just imagine the number of driveways and roads it landed on. Got filled up and oh, no thundered off over the countryside. And just this up thing, and down and up yeah. and down. This thing here had modifications, a lot of modifications done to it for uh, the on the elevator, because it, it picks up about eight degrees more up and about seven degrees more down than what it would what would have was built for, and that was to be able to jerk it up over the trees between the fields and drop it back down again in the next field. Wow. So so the the thing and so the thing is really something to fly. It does a lot of stuff. <laughs> You, you were mentioning uh, uh, having to adapt the uh, the wheels. Uh, that that the, the, it was difficult finding those those parts for it. Yes, um, just that because again the the age of it, I put I've had to put new tires on it, and uh, the Haynes Dyna wheels that were on it, I had no idea, but they don't split in half. All the other aircraft tires that I'm playing with, they'd split in half. You push the tire on, put the tube in it, put the other half of the, the hub together, and bolt it up. Well, this thing you can't do that. It's a one-piece hub, like a almost like a car wheel, but it it still has to get a tube inside it. And uh, I ended up having to take it to the uh, Hamilton Historical uh, Society and in, uh, in Hamilton, and uh, to get those guys to put the wheels on for me. Was that maybe the uh, Warplane Heritage Museum yeah, there War, in Hamilton? That's right, Warplane War Heritage. Yeah. Great museum and yeah. a really nice, uh, really nice bunch of folks. They yep. uh, they have that uh, they have that Lancaster that they Lancaster, operate out yep, of there. Oh. Exactly, Such and the B twenty the B twenty five have been up in a few times, and uh, it's pretty nice they oh, have down there. Great, yeah. So that's my goal. I want to I want to be able to fly B twenty five. I want to put it in my logbook before I'm done. Oh, that's fantastic. I got uh, I, I got my first left seat time in our B seventeen a few months ago, <clears> and boy. That was uh, that was a bucket list thing, and we just restored a B twenty five. So who knows? Maybe I'll be able to worm my way into the into the front of that here one of these days. But but that would be rude if I did that before you. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to come up and go up in the ends, Ryan. Oh, so. I would certainly certainly love to. I need to get back up to the Ontario anyway one of these days soon. I've got uh, dear friends that are all practically family, all in the Guelph area that I that I hang out with and fly with. So. It's been too no, many years. That's just, that's just around there. the corner. Yeah, and I, I just want to get to the Home Depot and stand in the parking lot. You can have some ribbons and stuff, so you'd look prettier as you turned in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I believe it or not, I, I've, I've drilled the exhaust system, and I've got a bun, uh, bung in there, so I can, I've got a smoke system to put on it. I, oh, just, wow. I just run out of time. Oh, wow. Well, there's always tomorrow. So just, yeah, Absolutely. Keep, keep but what a, what a gorgeous plane. I mean, this is, it is a great plane to fly, and, and it's, it's also a great plane just to watch. It's such a beautiful thing in this, in this movie. It's, it's like ballet watching this thing. And the thing, um, is, the thing is so bright, the bright yellow paint on it, it's really bright to look at in the sky. It shows up well. Yeah, yeah, no, just a stunner. Wow. And uh, Jim, when this uh, episode goes live, can we uh, uh, make sure that uh, maybe we can post a picture of what it looks like today uh, on the oh, sure. on the website? Yep. If Michael, if you would uh, sure. be willing to share share some stuff, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah no, it, it it's such a wonderful looking plane and a, a great machine. It's nice knowing that more than a half a century later, it's still in the air. And, and thanks thanks to your hard work, Michael. It's, it's, <laughs> and it and it's perfect, by the way. It's really yeah. it's absolutely perfect right now. 
So wow. now that's the first time I've ever heard anybody doing restoration to say I'm done. I don't <laughs> no, 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 it is. But the thing is, it is the plane is as exactly as you want it to be. Oh, and it's so much fun, right down to the the thick canvas cover that's on it uh, that says that right smell to it, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And uh, the only the only thing I put on it recently is I put a, a big uh, fil- uh, a, a canister filter on it, Airwolf, and the thing's the size of a paint can. Just oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. As it is, you need seven gallons of oil in it. Now I got to add an extra gallon for the oil, <laughs> for the oil <laughs> system. <laughs> what do you, how much oil do you typically burn per hour? Do you? The plane is really good. Remember, the engine right now is only sitting at about 220 hours, and uh, I'm not burning. I don't burn a gallon in four hours. No kidding. Yep. Wow. And uh, and uh, if I if I went and did circuits, I'd burn a little bit more than that. But if I'm up being normal with it and just uh, cruising around the countryside, you know, it's about a gallon every four hours, wow. and it's got a seven-gallon tank on it for a while. That is amazing. Those that aren't used to radial engions, when you realize that your dipstick is calibrated in gallons, and you know, yes. when you don't normally talk yes. about gallons of oil. Oh, I'm a quart yeah. low. Oh, oh, that's yeah. cute. You know? And you have you have to have a scarf on when you start it up. Anyway, you get your goggles all oily. So oh, of course, to start it up. Let it burn the oil off, and then you can uncover your goggles so you can right. see where you're going. Plus, if you don't have a scarf on, you look like some kind of savage. You don't belong in this airplane. You've got to have your white scarf trailing out behind you. And... Oh dear. Yeah. Thumbs up to the crew on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear oh wow it's, well, again michael thank, thank you so much for, for sharing sharing this stuff it's uh we hal and i just always get goo-goo-eyed when we start talking about, talking about things that were in a movie it's like this was in a movie but you having a piece of this is it's amazing it's it simply uh the first night that you had that, that had that plane home and you looked at it in the hangar i can't uh, imagine what was going through your mind just you can't <sighs> i couldn't go home I, it was really funny i i, I uh, my, my wife came up to the hangar to get me and i <laughs> and the house is like 45 minutes away and then she came here and looked at it. she was at work when, it, when the plane got here and uh the guys flew it in for me up here in september and it was cold really cold for like they flew it up here it would have been 28 degrees fahrenheit and uh yeah oh it was cold and uh, windy 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 but those two guys that brought it up have, have helped me tremendously over the years uh pete and ty i'd phone them up and ask some questions how would i do this sometimes i wouldn't <laughs> <That's what they'd laughs> say. oh because there's no handbook it's not like you've got a it's not like you've got an n3m with a r985 on it and someone's written the specs for that sure <laughs> you know what i mean you got the only one of that particular model and it's- and and if you go if you go look at the wartime movies, they show you how an N3N is certified to an intentional power on inverted spin. Oh, jeez! I don't know how clued in or clueless you'd have to be to want to do that, <laughs> but but they actually have wartime videos. No kidding! Wow! Really? Really? Uh, well, I, I'll pass. I know on how that I'm going to spend. I'm, yeah, I'm going to be looking looking at old YouTube videos of that. Yeah, no kidding. It's it's it is it's on it's on YouTube. N3N inverted intentional inverted spin, and it's there. Wow! Just imagine wow. the cameras that would have taken to have filmed it. Good lord! Yeah, or the outtakes. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow. Oh, anyway, wow. It's well, great. again, again, Michael, thank you again for for being on the show. This has been uh, just uh, such a rare treat, and uh, we we may have you back on our on our second uh, our second week if we can talk some more. But I'm sure how will how will come up with questions at about two in the morning. Wait, I forgot to ask him about <laughs> Wait, this. Oh my gosh! How did so, I not? And that's. And that's fine. I hope you do call back. That's great. Awesome. Great. Anytime, guys. 
Well, thank you. Uh, and that may be very soon. So uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, we've got plenty more episodes coming up and plenty more behind us. We're kind of at the halfway point of the movie. So uh, if you want to listen to previous episodes, they're always available at HitchcockMinute.com or on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, we're always available on the uh, typical social medias of Facebook at The Man on Washington's Nose or on Twitter at Hitchcock Minute. Uh, We will be back tomorrow to finish out this week uh, hunkered down in a cornfield, but we'll see you again next time on the Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.